there, Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for your support of Marvel by the Month. This is the omnibus episode to complement our regular weekly episodes uh, for December 1968. Uh, we're going to talk about all the issues uh, that are on Marvel Unlimited that we didn't cover in the main episode with Clint McElroy this week. Uh, also, be sure to check out the extended version of that episode in our bonus feed, uh, which has extra content that the free version didn't contain specifically our conversation about captain america number 111 by jim steranko um we had a lot of thoughts about jim steranko uh he's a guy you just have a lot of thoughts about uh so uh before we get too far into this thing let's introduce ourselves my name is brian stratton mine is rob milne i'm jamie wenger and uh, as usual, uh, the December 1968 issues of Captain Savage, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Sergeant Fury were not on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, also, uh, uh, Marvel Superheroes number 19 uh, was not on Marvel Unlimited, which is really too bad. It had a new Kazar story in it, uh, and the cover was drawn by a hot young talent by the name of Barry Smith, who Ooh. was not yet a Windsor. Pre-Windsor. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, but that still leaves us with nine issues left to cover. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Rob, would you like to kick us off with uh, what Spider-Man was up to this month? Sure. So uh, this story is called Spider-Man Wanted, Amazing Spider-Man number 70, written by Stan Lee, art by John Romita and Jim Mooney. Um, good news. The students got what they wanted from the dean and trustees from their protest last issue. Yeah. Uh, better yeah. news. Joe Robertson stands up to Jonah and puts him in his place, which completely. I thought was like I, I thought that was such a great moment because uh, it just shows like, there had been some conversation, um, you know, earlier in the issue uh, about, you know, uh, Joe Robertson's son, Randy, is like, oh, you have sold out to the establishment. You're just you know doing what the white man wants you to do. Um, and then Joe just absolutely, you know, turns around. And it's just like he talks down to Jonah and no one has done that so far. We've never seen that uh, huh. unless like, you know, if Peter Parker has had some really good photos every now and then, he'll get some leverage on Jonah. Um, but the first time we've ever seen someone just put Jonah in his place uh, is Joe Robertson, which I loved. Yeah. It is, and they, it's a great shot of Jonah too, with like his mouth hanging open, yes, just or agape, as they say. Uh, he yeah, is, yeah, he is shocked. Oh, yeah, um, they, they, there's a bit where uh, Joe says, "If you want Spider-Man, go find him yourself," and Jonah says, "You you can't talk to me that way." And Joe says, "Don't bet on it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, most of the story, as it as it begins. Um, we're dealing with first uh, Kingpin in jail. So yep. Kingpin has sort of made it, framed it up. So it sounds like Spidey's in cahoots with him. Um, but Kingpin is almost giving that up to people he's talking to in jail. And then he busts out. So, uh, and he busts out with just sheer strength, like twisting the bars until they give. Yeah. It's just great. Uh, <laughs> it's great Kingpin move. Yep. Um, yep. Spidey goes after the Kingpin's goons while carrying the stone tablet to try and lure the Kingpin out of hiding. That storm stone tablet is a sort of Rosetta stone that no one has, um, you know, uh, managed to break the code of. Yet. Yes. But it's really, I think, a poor decision on Pete's um, part to just 
run around with, you know, it's like, I've got the lost Ark. I'll just tote it around with me while I'm fighting people. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so he's, he's just carrying it around. Uh, he, but he's, he then decides he's, um, you know, trying to lure the kingpin out of hiding. So he's beating up every goon in town trying yeah. to find the kingpin. Once he hears kingpins out, um, it's sort of, last issue he was like i'm gonna be a menace if everyone thinks i'm gonna be a menace i'm gonna you know it sounded like he was gonna turn to crime but he instantly is back to uh, i'll beat <laughs> yeah, up every really criminal can. i see yeah yes um, yeah so uh the kingpin sets up a trap for spidey but spidey almost manages to capture him until ned leads and jonah and the bugle's radio car interfere <laughs> the radio uh, car yeah <laughs> and it, it's classic jonah like when you know, spidey was fighting the vulture he's just like making things worse uh trying to get spidey killed um yeah which, which is just what he does um, yep the kingpin escapes in a getaway car driven by a woman that we don't see yeah, which I mean, that there's been some <laughs> there's been some very broad clues dropped. Like there's uh, both in the last issue and this issue, um, some of his henchmen are referring to Kingpin's wife, and he's like, "Never talk about my wife." And then you know, the only other mysterious female character who shows up uh, in this story uh, is his getaway driver. So I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, we. Like- also in yeah. jail, he's like still angry about the comment from the previous issue. So yeah, he's been arrested yeah. since that happened. And he's Do still we, like, I'm going to get yeah. that guy. Stan's like, don't forget. He's real sensitive about his wife. Doesn't want anyone talking about his wife. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, in the last best part of this issue is yeah. Spidey gets so mad at Jonah um, for, for his interference. He grabs him and scares the hell out of him yeah he uh he which unfortunately causes jonah to have a heart attack <laughs> yes. uh, uh so that's bad but yeah, it is a. Uh, but it's so it's so just great for anybody who's read this many spider-man comics i mean even if you just i mean we've we've all read many spider-man comics many more than have been published so far in marvel by the month history <laughs> but uh in marvel by the month history just knowing what what Jonah has put Peter through. Mm. It's so good to just get to see Peter just yell in his face. Just yeah. That. It's, it's, it's very scary. satisfying. Yeah. But it also like, it, it, it does two things. It's like, first of all, it gives you that moment of satisfaction. It's like, yeah, Spidey's finally going to just, you know, give Jonah a piece of his mind. But then, you know, Jonah almost dies. Right. And, and it's like, also good to see Jonah acting like such a coward too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, it, but it's like, it's like, oh, this is why he doesn't do it. Like he can't, yeah, do it, you know, right. because like it, it be however satisfying it is in the moment, it's just going to cause a lot more problems for him. Um, so, yeah. And like you get that dread, that sense of dread right away, you know, like, yeah. you feel great. Like, oh, yeah, he messed up Jonah. And you're like, oh, no, he messed up Jonah. And like, yeah, yeah. Gonna come down. Like, yeah. 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 Well, and it, the last it, words from from Peter are, or from Spider-Man are. By losing my temper, by losing control, I've proven myself as dangerous as he always said I was. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the panel right before that has like a real like Charles Burns, you know, like extreme shadowing uh, zoom in on, you know, Spidey's face, like, you know, with mostly like black and negative inking. Um, It's 
yeah it's like high high drama um yeah yeah and dread Sorry. yeah uh well um talking of all sorts of high drama um we have a uh, captain marvel number 11 uh this month uh which wow this thing just took a turn um <laughs> sure it's like did. someone just hit the reboot uh button on this uh yeah so uh, the issue is called uh, the story is called Rebirth. It's written by Arnold Drake. The art is by Dick Ayers and Vince Coletta. Um, and the cover is by Barry Smith and Herb Trimpey. So really? Yeah. Future, yeah. That cover looked like a toy, like the cardboard on the back of the toys. We get as kids. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's and it's um, kind of the best. Uh, I mean, it, not no, not to slight Dick Ayers too much he doesn't do a lot of penciling but um, yeah the the issue is very flat compared to most mm-hmm. art we see even from don heck yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I i i feel like you know as with most issues of captain marvel um this is kind of an afterthought in the publishing schedule um but uh yeah so uh you know the the cliffhanger that we were left with uh, from the previous issue was that marvel was going to be executed uh by a Cree firing squad. Um, and that's where he finds himself at the, at the very beginning of this issue. But then um, uh, he's saved from execution by an Akon ship that blasts uh, the Cree squad, um, which then forces Jan Rog, uh, who is Marvel's nemesis, to attack the Akons uh, instead of finishing off Marvel uh, and letting him go for now. Um, during this whole melee, uh, Una, who is Marvel's lady love, um, and is in sort of a love triangle with him and Jan Rog, uh, she's injured by a stray blast during the fight. Um, and Marvel, you know, blames Jan Rog for this happening. Um, and he just starts to beat the hell out of him. And he's like, wait, what am I doing? I got to get help for Una. Um, so he, he, uh, takes off with her. Uh, and then he steals a rocket uh, from a, a nearby rocket base, uh, and uh, he he tries to escape Earth with her, um, and and get her some help. Um, but she dies in transit, which I was very shocked at. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like wow, we're just really just kind of shuffling the deck here. Um, yeah, that that panel I, is like simultaneously like very emotionally effective and also like a little bit funny if you take it out of context. Right. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's I, I feel like that's a lot of Captain Marvel. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it, this feels like, though, somebody said to Arnold Drake, you can yeah, you can reset the whole thing. Take every yeah. plot line we have and just close it up and change everything. Yeah, because nothing was working. Yeah, so agreed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so he he buries her on a, an alien world and then he takes off again um, and he goes after Jan Rog uh, and Jan Rog's ship uh, captures Marvell's um, and sends it spinning and spinning and spinning uh, and then shoots it hurtling through space uncontrollably for, I believe, 112 days uh, is <laughs> the, the the total count. So he's just yeah. like lost in space for 112 days. Um Flying at five times the speed of light. Yes. Just whatever sure. that means. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, mean, I wrote uh, that down too. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he winds up landing on a mystery planet uh, where this mysterious being named Zoe uh, powers him up and, and gives him 
what are much closer to the Captain Marvel powers uh, that we're more familiar with. He's not a a Buck Rogers knockoff anymore. Um, yeah, he's, he's more he's, cosmically powered, like Silver Surfer levels. Yeah, very much. Yep. Um, did you uh, did you get the sense that like were those powers within him the whole time and he just didn't know it, or were they like did he did this thing really soup him up? I. Honestly, I have no idea. Like it, it really felt like, like Rob was saying earlier, um, that Arnold Drake was just like, he, he was told it's like, just reset everything. Mm. Not, nothing that we're trying here is working. So, you know, if you want to change up the power set, if you want to change up the supporting cast, if you want to change up the costume, you can do all of that. So, um, so I think that's kind of what he did. Um, I, I mean, there doesn't, the, the last half of this issue has, no connectivity to everything that has come before with this character. Like it really does feel like a, a complete clean slate. Um, yeah. Cause he goes into space and like, that's not far enough. <laughs> like, like they kill right. off the character, he goes into space and then gets shot further into space. Yeah. Like they're like weird sirens for like a hot second. And then the, the training montage kind of thing. Yes, yeah. exactly. They, they talk about how, new his costume is too which doesn't look new at all <laughs> yeah there's, right there's maybe like a different point on the green part on the top of his shoulders that's yeah. about it like yeah uh, it seemed really dumb i thought that was gonna be <laughs> a good opportunity to like do something totally new and they yeah they go out of their way to talk about his new uniform uh and helmet but it looks exactly the same yeah so not yeah, and, and he, he smashes the uh, the communication bracelet that Jan Rog put on him and, you know, all this. So, again, like complete reboot of the character. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then this this mysterious being named Zoe, um, you know, he tells him, go get your revenge on Jan Rog. Once you've done that, though, you got to serve me. And Marvel's like, that's fine. Like once, once I do that, like I got nothing else going on. I got nothing so. to live for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's he's, he's so powered. Like he can teleport, um, long yeah. distances. He can fly faster than light apparently, or teleport. It's hard to sell it, you know, and he right. can just bash a mountain if he wants to. So he's yes. just been like insanely powered up and changed as a character. Yep. Yeah. So like uh, you, there's that power creep. There's that Marvel power creep. Like yep. so early on, you're like, no, you're writing yourself into a corner. Don't do it. Don't do it. You <laughs> you're you're writing to... yourself out, but now you're just <laughs> making a big hole. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. You're going to have to give this guy cancer. <laughs> it's the only way out. Uh, well, um, yeah. Uh, Jamie, uh, talking of, um, you know, uh, characters who have uh, just gone through some interstellar travel uh you want to uh fill us in on what the hulk got up to when he came back to earth this I mean, month after an artful segue like that how could i say no <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah when, when last we left hulk he was on a ship running out of air turning into banner and it seemed like he was probably gonna die but then it turns out he does not die <laughs> Whoa. in a shocking <laughs> twist <laughs> Which Al Ewing could have explained, you know, <laughs> 60 years later. But, right. Yep. So, yeah, instead of dying, he shockingly turns into the Hulk. How about that? Yep. Um, so then uh, back on Earth, uh, <laughs> Sandman's buying a newspaper. <laughs> or, uh, sorry, I should say a cloaked <laughs> figure, uh, you know, in a trench coat. 
is right. buying a newspaper and sees that there's a new a new AF space warp ship to be tested. <laughs> <laughs> it's very new. It's new as F. New as F. Oh, I laughed out loud. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Sandman sees this as a way to get revenge upon the Fantastic Four. Um, and then that kind of like opens up the door for them to recap Blastar a little bit because they were yeah. they'd been teamed up, right? Right. So the first appearance of Blastar was when he he came in from the negative zone. He he snuck through the door uh, that Reed Richards created, and then uh, immediately ran into Sandman in his new dumb costume uh, <laughs> on the roof of the Bla- of the Baxter Building, and then the two of them like kind of form this unlikely duo like partnership uh and 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 just kind of tore up manhattan um what i find is so funny is like like sandman's really gung-ho on is like yeah i just gotta get back together with blastar best years of my life <laughs> yeah and it's like it was really clear during that story that the two of them could not stand each other huh. and like didn't like there's there's no chemistry there whatsoever so i i find it really funny that like this is his whole grand plan is like gotta get blastar back yeah and it's not even like their their like powers are naturally simpatico right so you're like well this guy blasts stuff with his crazy energy so then like the perfect combination of that is obviously sand it's a man made of sand (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) who is also way this version stan lee's written version of sandman is way smarter than than he was uh, I mean, just his diction and language and uh, and his thought processes are way more organized and like intentional, right? Like he's got, yeah. you yeah. know, he's connecting dots. He's making a plan and executing that plan without freaking out and causing yeah. problems. Yeah. So, yeah, his whole thing is he's now going to recruit the Hulk to help him uh, steal the AF ship <laughs> to, to get, <laughs> yeah, to get uh, back with Blastar. Yeah. Um, so I thought this was like a well-conceived bit of fight business. Mm-hmm. You know, you got kind of like unstoppable force meets like sand, <laughs> unconnectable force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Sand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like you probably could stretch this out into a full issue of just like creative sand stuff and the Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Make, making wind with his clapping and stuff like that. Yep. So they uh, itchy and scratchy style fight, 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 fight. Uh, and then the Hulk, uh, Sandman sends the Hulk to uh, steal the ship, and the Hulk's like, "Totally, I like, <laughs> I'm in all the way. I love this plan." <laughs> uh, and then he realizes that like that plan will jeopardize Betty. Yes. At which point he's like, "Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. Worst plan ever. I'm just gonna instead smash the ship uh, to prevent any of this from happening." So he does right. the hat because he's a gentleman monster. He's uh-huh. a gentleman monster. Yeah, that is the consistent theme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then they like fight again some more. Uh, kind of like Peter's out. Uh, eventually, like Hulk, yeah. um, like super smashes him until he dissipates. Yeah. So yeah. he's just kind of in the air, and then uh, there's like later on after the. Oh yeah. So then the Hulk runs away after um, smashing Sandman and the government people and Betty realized that the Hulk was actually trying to help. I thought this was a really nice moment. Um, So they go to like, you know, not apologize, but to kind of reconcile and say nice things to him. And he's just out of there. Yeah. Yeah. 
and so Sandman you, reconstitutes as he always does. Yep, and from the shadows plans his evil return. Wow. I, I thought this was interesting that they one of the way they almost Sandman almost beats him is to suffocate him. Yeah, uh, and this was another thing we've already had. We've already understood the power set of Hulk when he was fighting Namor mm-hmm. that he can hold his breath for very long amounts of time. Yeah, like a long time ago. So we we keep in the last uh, omnibus episode we we're talking about this too. There were you know the thing that almost kills Hulk in a couple places is gas or suffocating because he can't hold his breath that long. And I'm like, no, yeah. we already we already said he can. So I mean, this is. <laughs> I mean, not to be a stickler for details, this literal issue literally opens with him literally suffocating, turning into the Hulk, and it being fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> twenty pages prior. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that said, that I will say I, this was maybe my favorite issue of the Hulk that I've read uh, from this era so far. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, I feel like Sandman is actually a pretty good adversary for the Hulk because uh, it's very hard for Hulk to, you know, actually get his hands on him. Yeah. It's like uh, smashing yeah. air. It's yeah. just yeah. hard to smash air. Yep. So, yeah, there you go. Um, hey, Rob, uh, you want to talk about some Doctor Strange? Heck yeah. Um, so this one, uh, I really went off about Gene Colan on Doctor Strange last issue, and this issue didn't quite hit as well. And uh, it it's weird because it's still Gene Colan. It's still um, got uh, Tom Palmer inking. Um, this is this one's called With One Beside Him, Doctor Strange number 178. Um, this uh, Doctor Strange um, gets the Black Knight to help him fight Tybero uh, to rescue the remaining sons of Satanish and undo the spell of fire and ice that was set forth by Asmodeus before he bid it last issue. I feel like he doesn't need to even worry about the spell of fire and ice because I just, I don't think that thing is ever going to be finished. Like I, <laughs> I think honestly it's probably just going to like devolve into, you know, oh, like man. tweeting about <laughs> the New York jets and like, you know, just like posting pictures of itself with celebrities. Oh, um, man. But the yeah. runway to that bit was so clear <laughs> and I did not see it coming. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. And, uh, and then just, you know, television writers are going to take care of it from there, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they'll, they'll figure it they'll, out. They'll ruin the ending and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, uh, it, it's, it's sort of, ac- it's action packed, but it's, uh, again, a fairly bizarre piece. A lot of it is just recounting what happened last issue, uh, and setting up this terrible spell talking yeah. about, the former Dr. Benton, who was Asmodeus. Um, so just anybody who goes into medicine and then gets magicked, they're going to, uh, I guess that's just a natural thing. Uh, Doom, <laughs> yeah, Doom organic. maybe almost did it, but he never right. got his actual degree. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. But so he's responsible for Strange's, uh, it, it turns out, it's implied that Dr. Benton may be responsible for um, Dr. Strange's accident it, that cost him the use of his hands. So that's, yeah, that, that's just kind of thrown out there. Yeah. That's like the biggest, you know, nugget for Marvel lore in this book. And it's just sort of thrown out there and who knows. 
it, it feels uh, a little desperate on Strange's part, quite frankly. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's what caused the car accident. It wasn't <laughs> me being reckless and careless. It was yeah, the right. bad yeah. guy, ghost. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't a drunk jerk. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is just sort of like it's it's on page five, the fourth panel. Um, is Strange just musing is like, was he somehow responsible in years past for my fateful injury? And then the ancient one says, "The accident which cost you the use of your skilled hands tis a mystery. We have no time for pondering, my son." Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm, yeah. It, I mean, it, it seems like a retroactive attempt to sort of build up the stakes for his fight with Asmodeus, mm-hmm. which yeah, that he's been there in the background the whole time, machinating. Yeah, yeah. it's like Roy and Moriarty. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't you can't go back and add that, Roy. You or, have to, or, or you could if you did, but but you can't just say that <laughs> yeah. one sentence. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can't just go back. Sure. Yeah, that would yeah, be that, great. that's not the way to do that. So yeah. this whole thing wraps up. Um, they, with the help of the Black Knight, uh, who breaks the wand of Tybero, um, mm-hmm. they're able to with his you know magic black sword. They they manage to get the uh, remaining sons of Satanish and head back uh, to the normal mortal plane to, you know, now deal with the test of fire and ice. Right. Yes. Uh, And this winds up getting continued in Avengers number 61, which I will uh, take us through. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So written by Roy Thomas, art by big John Buscema, inked by George Klein. So, you know, the, the story here is it's Doctor Strange and the Black Knight and the Avengers versus Surtur and Ymir. And some of the Avengers. That's and the some other. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not yeah. all the Avengers. Like, uh, yeah, some of them are, are not feeling good. Uh, well, well, obviously, you know, uh, Yellow Jacket, Hank, Hank Pym <laughs> and Janet are on their honeymoon from their super romantic uh, and sweet wedding uh, that took place <laughs> just recently. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, um, but uh, yeah, so there, uh, uh, it, so it also, uh, oh, the, the, so the, the story is called, uh, some say the world will end in fire, some say in ice, which of course is a famous line from a poem by uh, Robert, <laughs> Robert Frost. <I>, yes, <laughs> you got it. Yay. Let's get in there. I was like, wait, am I just saying my own name right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I, by the way, Robert Frost, he was pro world ending in fire. Um, so oh, okay. in terms of fire or ice, he was, he was on the, <laughs> he was pro fire. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, I, wonder so, what, I wonder what Emily Dickinson would have said. <laughs> Uh, her her world just never got going, so you know it's uh, there's nothing to end. Um, but yeah, we we do get a scene where um, uh, Doctor Strange has to perform the the first surgery uh, that he's had to perform um, since you know losing the use of his surgeon hands um, because uh, uh, the Black Knight was injured by the sons of I'm going to say Satanish, uh, <laughs> Satanesque. Uh, Satan-esque. Yeah. Uh, so he was injured. Um, and so, uh, Dr. Strange has to perform surgery to save him. Um, and Hey, he, uh, he manages to do it. So maybe he does have a, a you know, a career in surgery left. Yeah. Um, or he could have just magic surgery him, you know, he could have just yeah, magic seems better at magic fun. than surgery, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, anyway, the, the, the spell of fire and ice, uh, is, is, 
it has been cast. Um, so Ymir has shown up and he's attacking Wakanda. So you got Vision and Black Panther um, going after Ymir. Um, and uh, then you've got uh, Surtur is attacking Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it, I don't know how much of a problem this really is. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, it's like, boy, it'd be a shame if he spent the next several months just, you know, killing penguins. I feel like he was successful as far as climate change is concerned in ocean. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he did win the long game. Yeah, uh, and then, yeah right. Yeah. And, and Hawkeye and uh, and Black Knight go after him. Um, but that's like uh, a pretty uneven pairing, right? Like, yeah, very much. Is inherently more interesting and powerful yeah yeah you got the the solar powered android and you know the the uh technological genius uh versus <laughs> yeah and, and then you got a guy with a sword and a guy with a bow <laughs> yeah uh, the flying horse seems like it's still not going to do anything but that would seem you know you put that on the card it looks like maybe but then you have the whole right you know yeah <laughs> so they're against the fired the, yeah, the yeah, fire yeah. demon like yeah, they might just, have had a better chance against the frost giant so that's right just, the teams you know. were wrong the direction was wrong it was like guys this is why you needed captain america around yes <laughs> there's no strategy here <laughs> uh so they, but basically like the avengers are just there to kind of hold them at bay uh they're there to buy dr strange time um so that he can uh finish casting the counter spell um which uh he finally does uh and it brings uh, both Ymir and Surtur together in the same place. Um, and uh, they are just so ready to fight that they just fight each other. Um, and they both completely implode. They cancel each other out. Uh, and the world is saved once again. So Dynamic good job, Avengers. Yep, exactly. Um, this was a version of Vision with more feelings than I was expecting. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, he's like, getting in the beginning, quickly in touch with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like experimenting. He's like he hates stuff and he loves stuff. He, he's <laughs> like not not robotic. It's like Data yeah. getting the emotion chip in. He's just all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> his his android hormones are running crazy. Yeah, so, for sure. Yep. Uh, Rob, what do we got for uh, for Daredevil this month? Well, this month the man without fear is a. Uh, He's dropping out. So we got no Daredevil. Sorry. No, it, the story is called <laughs> Daredevil Drops Out. Um, Daredevil number 49, written by Stan Lee, art by Gene Colan and George Klein. Um, yeah, Matt Murdock decides to quit being Daredevil. So after that whole, you know, stilt man <laughs> debacle, he's a he's like, I don't know if I'm cut out to do this. Maybe I just need to be Matt Murdock, uh, which does last for a big chunk of the book like 16 pages. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, a robot is in his closet. So, uh, <laughs> uh so get, there's a robot waiting in his, in his apartment to destroy him in the closet. It knocks him out and starts to carry him to its master, but it drops him when Willie Lincoln shows up and Willie Lincoln is, a. Uh, that uh vietnam vet who was blinded who we we met a few issues ago so mm-hmm. um it turns out that star saxon sent the robot after daredevil because daredevil helped willie lincoln put biggie benson behind bars so it's all coming back um of course the robot is very random so uh the robot <laughs> returns for round two tracking daredevil by smell 
It's a smell smell <laughs> robot. <laughs> I love this whole thing, like the whole way that 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 stars Saxon, which sounds like wasn't it uh, was it in V for Vendetta that that Alan Moore created like a an Aryan like adventure serial hero named it was very similar to Something, Star Saxon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um yeah. but uh yeah, so so he he uh, he's programming the robot to find Daredevil by he basically like puts a picture of Daredevil in a fax machine. Um, <laughs> but the picture also has the smell of Daredevil. On sure. It. Yeah. <laughs> of so course. That's, that's how it's finding him. It's, um, it's very bad science. Uh, yeah. And, and then it gets uh, funnier. Uh, Daredevil almost gets away from the robot because he greased his costume up. <laughs> uh, that's his plan to uh, slip away. But the robot still beats him again and captures him. So, oh, oh man, the the greasy costume. I was like, why would you even bother to write that? Uh, and it, it, what's <laughs> yeah. funny is the the motion he he's like getting in a bear hug and he slides out. And the sound of that motion is squish. <laughs> I also like not just like why would you have this in for a plot point, but why would you not give us two pages of Matt Murdock greasing himself up? <laughs> it's right. like, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the robots the robot can like uh when he encounters problems can like like the opposite of mean machine angel in the in the judge dread universe he has like a he a little indicator to dial up uh his smarts to solve the problem so yes he, and the sound that it makes is jigga jigga click yes. <laughs> so he does the uh the jigga jigga click and then he uh figures out to burrito daredevil uh <laughs> which he, he rolls him up offense. yeah <laughs> rolls him up in a mat and uh it, so he's got a greasy daredevil burrito and he heads out. Um, yeah, yep. it's just dumb <laughs> stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> what an issue, man. What were they doing? I don't know, yep. but it's hilarious. It, uh, and it looks great. Like, honestly, like yeah. if, if you don't read the particulars of it, this is a real fun issue. Um, and it's still fun if you do. It's just fun in a different way. Uh, but they are working overtime in that last panel. It's like, don't miss next issue. Like, please, I know this one, we didn't, like, we, it got a little silly toward the end, but like the next one, probably going to be better. So, probably going to yeah. be better. Probably can't do worse. <laughs> the classic robot in the closet. Yeah. Uh, well, so that one ended on a cliffhanger. Um, uh, Jamie, do you want to uh, switch us over to uh, Iron Man number 11? Sure. Because um, I think this one uh, is where we get the payoff from uh, the cliffhanger from last issue yeah i mean this has been building for a bit now right this is like yeah. the third or fourth issue in this series um so where we last left our hero uh he was being uh he's stuck in a laser beam that's sapping his energy and mandarin is going to unmask him mm -hmm. that is obviously very scary and the moment comes and he is unmasked and it turns out it's not actually tony stark Mm -hmm. which was surprising <laughs> yeah, i was very surprised he looks like a surfer dude he's got like yeah. uh blonde hair sort of shaggy and like a weird pugly expression face so it's just not him at all yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah they did a great job of making it look like the opposite of what tony stark looks like yeah yes um and mandarin thinks that this, this something's 
crazy going on. I better turn on the TV to, <laughs> to the exact channel that Tony Stark is on right now, <laughs> being interviewed uh, by the press about him being a possible communist spy. Um, so it ultimately turns out that it is Tony under the mask. Like he's just wearing an extra latex mask or something like that. And because despite all of his technology and despite being a master planner, the Mandarin can't tell when someone's wearing a latex mask. <laughs> yeah. It's like, buddy, what are those rings even for? Come on, man. <laughs> um, so seriously, I don't know what the rings are for. <laughs> uh, um, they do every and anything and they can make statues into, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. You, you need it. <laughs> I mean, fraction for... probably knows cause he spent a lot of time trying to figure that out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no latex detection ring, I guess. Yeah. Nope. Uh, so so his, it's his one flaw. It's his one flaw. It's his kryptonite. <laughs> Latex. Um, so yeah, at that point, you as the reader are wondering like, well, if that's Tony Stark, then who is the other Tony Stark? And that turns out to be a life model decoy. Yep. Um, but now there's kind of a ticking clock situation because apparently life model decoys only last for so long. They're just machines and they will run down. Um, so now Iron Man is racing to get to the LMD before it kind of stalls out. Yes. And the Mandarin is also heading there to confront who he thinks is the real Tony Stark. And Mandarin's yep. got a teleportation belt. <laughs> right. So he yes. can get there pretty fast, I'm yep. guessing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> With an M on it. With an M. For the yeah, English character that begins the word Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Good yep, point. Yep. Uh, so yeah, then Iron Man gets there and dukes it out with Mandarin, which is all witnessed by the reporters. So now Iron Man is looking like a good guy. Um, yep. The Mandarin gets kind of zapped away. At the, well, actually, first he zaps in some cronies to fight with Iron Man a little bit. It's more robots. Um, yeah. More robots. Yeah, there's robots everywhere in the Marvel this month's issues yep um oh yeah so then the 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 major twist is that uh mei ling uh kind of enters the fray and switches sides she betrays the mandarin yes because he had taken janice cord as his hostage uh tony stark's uh sort of budding relationship there um and she's like uh well, you know, if, if she's and, and Mei Ling thinks if the master can treat the Western girl this way now, why not me in the future if it suits his needs? Um, and she's like, just it's, you know, straight up, you know, loyalty to the sisterhood. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So she turns on Mandarin, which buys enough time uh, for Iron Man to get the upper hand. Yeah. So then they uh, Mandarin's trying to escape. Iron Man chases after him. Mei Ling, Mei Ling uh, sabotages the controls, and then the ship begins to spiral out of control. Iron Man rescues Janice, mm -hmm. and the ship explodes, and we don't really know what happened to anyone on board, I don't think. Yeah, no, it looks pretty fatal. Uh, yeah. It's a big mountain collision flaming mess. Yeah. Yep. Um, and what I thought was kind of one of the 
most interesting parts was at the end there, the medics are carrying away the, what, what they think is Tony Stark. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who kind of like ran down into non-movement and is like, in I guess they think a coma or something like, Oh, they're not registering a heartbeat or a pulse. Right. Yeah. Um. So I don't, I don't know if anything will come of that, but it was kind of a crazy way to end the issue. It was like, does yeah. everyone think that Tony Stark just died? Yeah. And Iron Man standing there with his girlfriend going, um, I can't tell you that he's not dead. So here right. we are again. <laughs> what a pickle. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, t- talking of pickles, Rob, uh, Submariner was in a pickle last month. Uh, he had a choice to make. Um, he had to choose between uh, going after a torpedo and going after a serpent crown. Yeah. And what did he do? He chose the torpedo. He chose to save some humans. What an idiot. Um, so uh, <laughs> he goes after the torpedo Barracuda launched at the naval base. Uh, and then uh, that just means that uh, it, while he's doing it, Barracuda shells him, <laughs> which isn't very nice. No. Uh, and uh, and the serpent crown's getting away with Carthon. Um, the Navy... Hang on, I got Odin speaking up. I was going to say, do you have a child back there? (laughs) He's maybe downstairs hollering. Wow. Wow. He can project. Um, So, yeah, the uh, um, Navy also attacks Namor, who thinks that he was, you know, trying to attack them. So he's upset about this. It's a very Hulk situation. Um, Namor busts into a Navy destroyer and brawls through sailors to get them to stop. Uh, he, you know, it's pretty cool seeing him punch the destroyer and everybody has to like wakes up in their bunks, like all hands yes. on deck. Um, and then, uh, Barracuda and his men go ashore and fight through the Navy base to steal a device that turns torpedoes away. This seems like it's, it's a lot of work, but that was the, the plan was to distract right. them so they could get this torpedo deterrence. Uh, so they could be torpedo proof. Yeah. But then immediately barracuda who is not the the sharpest tool in any shed um just <laughs> triggers it and redirects yep. a torpedo meant for namor back to their own boat <laughs> 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 yeah. which explodes yeah. in a big thoom so yeah um yeah barracuda i guess you know never cross barracuda even if you're barracuda uh is what yeah. we've learned yep pretty much um and then uh we got one issue left uh x-men 53 and uh oh boy uh jamie do you want to take a crack at this one yeah sure although i <laughs> yeah. i didn't get an awesome segue that time no True. uh there's just not boy this one uh was i i i got some some thoughts about it but uh <laughs> all right well yeah i so so w- one thing i will say is that uh, I got very excited to see that this is the very first full issue of a Marvel comic drawn by Barry Smith, future Barry Windsor Smith. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, awesome. I love Barry Windsor Smith. This is going to be great. Hmm. Uh, and then <laughs> I read the issue. Um, <laughs> I mean, the so, cover alone is a little concerning, <laughs> like art wise. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it looks old like i know these are old comics and they all kind of look old this looks 
older than what this comic looks like 40s should old. look like yeah yeah, yeah yes. exactly yeah. i think i said that about captain marvel when dick ayers did it it looked flat and yeah. this looks it, it looks flat too like very comic yeah. strip kind of flat yeah yeah and 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 obviously we should also say like hey barry windsorsmith winds up being a freaking amazing artist yeah uh there's just not a lot of evidence for it in this issue. It's sort of uh, like when Roy Thomas first started writing X-Men. You're like, sure, what? yeah, this is Roy Thomas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of potential with the backgrounds. So like the yes. character work is not there yet. But yeah. The backgrounds are way more inventive than like a lot of the flat colored stuff you see kind of scattered here and there. Yeah. They look more yeah. like a Kirby background. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. More in that line with that. Yeah, I'll um, also say that I don't think the script did him any <laughs> any favors. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Uh, all right, so we open on Blastar. He's um, he's blasting. He sure is. He's floating around <laughs> a surreal, uh, like like maybe off-brand Kirby environment, mm-hmm. um, and he's given kind of a bipolar bipolar monologue about like he wants to go fight stuff on Earth. He'd explode if he did. He's also the emperor of all existence. So he's a little bit all over the map. Seems like a guy who got recently banned from Twitter. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I, I just want to point out that uh, on the first panel of page two, he is dabbing. Uh, so oh, yeah. I, I think I think we can credit Barry Windsor Smith with the invention of dabbing. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so he's just saying all sorts of words. It's, it's, it's fine. Yep. Um, so then we get kind of another splash page, which like immediately feels Boy, weird. Yeah. It, this thing, yeah. Um, this page three is, this is not what I was hoping for <laughs> from Barry Windsor Smith's debut. Again, the, the backgrounds, the, the machinery the and stuff. Yeah. It, you sort of the foreground pieces, everything about the machinery is is Kirby-esque, you know, and there's some Kirby crackles around where it's connecting to the the head of Marvel Girl. Yeah, uh, but like not in a dimensional way that makes sense. No. Like, yeah. Things are too flat that should be round and things that are round should be flat. Like, it's very strange. Yeah, and, like, Everyone's unsettled. head seems, yeah, everyone's head seems a little too swelled. And they're uh, always facing forward. Like, there's very few times when you get a head that isn't facing forward. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Huh everyone's eyes seem a little too close together it's you know what it seems like it seems like like a like a dan Klaus parody of a superhero comic mm, yeah okay and uh check out the left and right feet of marvel girl on page three the splash page um i would just mm-hmm. say one this is liefeld levels of feet um <laughs> and two that, that left foot is doing something even weirder so yeah. uh, is it shriveled? Is it burnt? <laughs> I mean, I know it's supposed to be back, but uh, yeah, it's so. Yes, uh, we're seeing a, a master learn. Um, exactly. Yeah, which is a privilege and an honor. Yeah, yeah. Which so I I just picked up uh, Barry Windsor Smith's Monsters, which came out, um, and I I haven't read it yet, but I have flipped through it. It's absolutely gorgeous piece of work. But you know, I'm just gonna say it's like anyone you know that talented i guess i feel compelled to take down a peg <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like wow you're way too good at comics it's like let's crap all over your debut issue <laughs> right right uh, like no it's it's you know it, it's it, it is silly to like go this hard on it but it is just i i feel like 
if you hear that this is the debut Barry Windsor Smith, you like me are going to come in with some assumptions about how mind blowing this is going to be. And you need to temper that or you're just going to be real sad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, so Gene is experimenting with one of Xavier's leftover inventions. Um, that's going to send her presence to space or something along, (laughs) along those lines. Um, it, seems like it's working beast gets sort of wrapped up in kirby dots which feels unexpected um and then it sort of attracts and grabs blastar and brings him to the school yeah it like reverses the thing that would make him explode if he comes to earth somehow right so he transitions from antimatter to matter i guess (laughs) yeah without an explosion uh, so, so then they have a fight. Uh, a very caveman looking Iceman shows up. Yeah. His head is just huge. Real smooth. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like a silver surfer with some kind of brain problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they fight and they fight Blastar. They each like kind of try their own thing and they each get knocked down and the other one kind of helps like helps the other one up. So gene sort of goes to beast and beast uh iceman sort of they're all just being a team in a way that i as an x-men person found satisfying mm-hmm. yeah uh so then iceman makes a bunch of ice dummies to fight blastar and mm-hmm. i was like well that won't be very convincing but apparently they are animated <laughs> and can move and operate independently Right, because Jean is controlling them ah. with her telekinesis yeah okay. it's like vaguely stated i had to re check that because i'm like this is are these ice golems somehow animated <laughs> yeah. yeah you know i was distracted by her arm movements in that panel <laughs> the, <laughs> <Yep>. the, <laughs> yeah the thing yeah. she's doing pulled my focus from the from the actual words yeah uh so iceman's little ice dummies are fighting blastar blastar not unpredictably blasts the <laughs> he's pretty the much who could, who could have seen that coming? Yeah, he like, does stay on brand all the time <laughs> right, yeah right yeah uh and the the melted water from Iceman's golems hit a machine which then like electrocute the machine yeah and the frozen oxygen like reverts his whatever's and away he goes. Like, <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah. And, <laughs> and then Kirby dot, Kirby dot, Kirby dot. And yeah. yeah. And then Boy, it, uh, yeah, and it, Iceman says um, something horrible. Uh, sometimes I think we made our biggest goof when we gave women the right to vote. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just going to throw this out there is like I've noticed in the last several months, like there's some there's some things that Arnold Drake has people like has female characters saying, and also has male characters saying about women that are just like, Oh boy. Like that hasn't aged super well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Right. But yeah, like there's, there's some stuff like in, in uh, some Captain Marvel issues uh, of a few months ago where I think it's supposed to come off as like battle of the sexes, flirty behavior. Um, but it really is just like shitty. Yeah, yeah, right. right. It's <laughs> like, not actually playful. I was <laughs> no, not at damaging. All. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think yeah, this whole is, and also like everyone else is uh, is just like eh, 
fine. It's like, yeah, uh, I guess Blastar is dead. He had it coming, you yeah. know, and, and Jean's like, s- seems sincerely traumatized. Yeah, she like, brought him there, right? Like, yeah, she feels very yeah. responsible. Yeah, and everyone's like, that's eh, not that big a deal. Like, get over your emotions, lady. Um, oh, but Cyclops makes a very uh, Cyclopsy speech about, like, wherever there is evil there will blast our spirit be or something like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like kind of the tick stepped in there for a yeah second. it did yeah. not make any sense <laughs> yeah it's um yeah so like it's it's so funny like there, there's bits of like going back to the art in this issue it, so it's obviously like barry windsor smith is trying to do his best Kirby, yeah. you know, like, and, and he's really going hard on the Kirby. Like there's not a single page in this where there's not Kirby dots in the background somewhere. Yeah, like, Whether they're it, making sense is energy crackles or space, you know, Kirby uses them in very specific ways. Yeah. Yes. And there's a lot of like extreme foreshortening and, you know, like super wide stances and, you know, dynamic posing and things like that. And like, you know, anatomy that doesn't quite line up, which is also a Kirby thing. But, you know, it, he knows it lines up less here. It looks like that yeah. arm does not go there, you know. Right. Uh. And Kirby does it in a way that you don't immediately notice that this does not make sense. Yeah. You know, it's just like uh you, you have to think about it. It's like, actually, if a person was doing that. You right. Know. You have to dissect the image because otherwise it just looks cool. Like, yeah, yeah. Kirby takeaway is that looks cool. And if you stare at it for long enough, you're like, oh, actually, it doesn't really make sense, but it's OK because right. it's real cool kind of thing. Yeah. This is a step yeah. below Storenko's weird, like where you're like, people yeah. won't bend that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. But like like so like barry smith has not figured he, he has not found his style yet yeah um so he he's he's a a fan of marvel comics he's he's aping the style um but he hasn't really developed it he'll get there yeah he'll, he'll get there but um but yeah it was just a, a very strange debut um for you know what i was expecting and, and what i got yeah it was a, <laughs> i went in with high hopes <laughs> <laughs> and hope is a mistake as mad max has taught me um Huh, you know, you and go. also that, that Blastar was the bad guy. Also very strange. Yeah. yeah. Like, was that a coincidence that he, that they used him somewhere else at the same time? Or like, I mean, it wasn't that big an operation at that point. Right. So they probably. Knew. Right. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, it does seem strange. They that didn't he would cross be it sort over. Of the, yeah. Yeah. Like the motivation for Sandman. Um, but also, I mean, maybe it was just that. It's like, look, we got this guy coming in. He's a huge Kirby devotee. Let's give him a Kirby character to do, you know, as the villain. Like, I mean, maybe that was the thinking. I don't know. Um, yeah, it is strange, though. It does. It, it's very off brand for X-Men. Yeah. Uh, like all the way around. Yeah. Yep. And then we get, you know, the backup story uh, is, you know, concludes Beast's origin, which immediately gets uh, you know, retconned and, and overwritten. So don't pay too much attention to it. Uh, it does end with uh, Professor X uh, coming in at the last minute to stop the bad guy, uh, and then he erases everyone's mind. So <laughs> the you know, part for the course, just hold out, just the whole town. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. So yeah, um, well, uh, so that's the comics, guys. Uh, if, if we were kids in December 1968, if we had a buck to spend on comics for the month and we already bought the ones that we talked about in the main episode with Clint, uh, which was Fantastic Four, uh, 84, Captain America 111 and Thor 161, um, that would have only spent 36. Ooh. 
cents of our mm. uh, of our dollar. So we have five books left to get uh, out of out of this batch. So uh, what are the five that that you would pick, Rob? Um, Spider Man, straight up, mm-hmm. easy, no problem. Um, then it, uh, uh, I would say Doctor Strange for the colon Palmer, even though it's not quite as awesome as the last issue. Um, Avengers, because that's huge. And it was hilarious to see a sword guy and an arrow guy fight, uh, you know, Asgardian <laughs> fire demon. Um, <laughs> It'll be fine. They'll figure yeah. it out. And it did yeah. get some, you know, power ups from vision in there. Um, Daredevil, uh, again, Gene Collins are, is great. Uh, it was hilarious to have the, the robot in the closet. Um, <laughs> that has to be like a, a metaphor, right? Yeah. Like that has to be a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Iron Man, I, I thought Mandy was, I thought that this was pretty cool and unexpected twist to have that, you know, not Tony Stark when he pulls the mask off was a, yeah. a nice puzzling piece. Uh, mm-hmm. and then I would do, I think I've got four already in there. And then I would do Submariner because, uh, again, Gene Colon's work is awesome. Um, it, it's not quite as good of a story, but it's still got some, some interesting pieces with Namor dealing with humanity and Barracuda being dumb as hell. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Right on. What do you got, Jamie? Hmm. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, yeah, Spider-Man's the easy one, right? Yes. Um, kind of like this is gonna sound a little crazy. <laughs> I think that Captain Marvel issue was sort of interesting. It definitely takes a turn. That I was not <laughs> right. expecting. Yeah, and it and it like resolves the cliffhanger that the last issue both began and ended with. Right. Yeah. So the last issue starts with him in front of the firing squad and ends with him in front of the firing squad. Yep. And then this one like resolves that. And then you get the the death of Una. Yep. Uh, you know, that's like kind of a big deal. She's been the big character. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You get the twist that like crazy art that like kind of got a little psychedelic there. Very much. Yeah. Those like uh, lady, the like weird ladies who were there and then sort of vanished like sirens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Um, Captain Mer- um yeah, I mean that Daredevil issue was so goofy, <laughs> but it did look really good. You can't you can't say that it didn't look great. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that one. Uh, then probably Doctor Strange looked great, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go with Hulk. Oh, nice! Yeah, the first Hulk issue that I really liked. Yep, it was a cool premise. The you know big big bad a, a big bad, um, and I just don't <laughs> like X Men didn't really work. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no. Submariner, Submariner. I the the story was just too too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Man's a contender, but yeah, I think I would think I would lean Hulk this time. Cool, right on. Uh, well, I would definitely you know uh, concur with you guys on Spider Man. Uh, that is the easiest choice to make. Um, and I think yeah, I think Incredible Hulk. Uh, although I I hate that Sandman costume. Yeah, uh, I do think it's a good. Uh, it's a much more coherent Incredible Hulk story than we've seen uh, recently. Um, so, and yeah, the visuals of of uh, Hulk fighting Sandman are, are pretty great. Um, then I'm going to go with uh, Daredevil, 
just for the sheer insanity of the robot in the closet, um, which is pretty great. The robot uh, in the closet is maybe going to be a catchphrase for Marvel by the month. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Iron Man, I thought was a good payoff for, you know, the whole build of that story. Um, also I just, I really like the, the, uh, George Tuska, Johnny Craig combination, um, hmm. of art. It's just got a really clean, like almost golden age style to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really dig that. Um, and then, you know, like, I, I can't say that I enjoyed the issue, but it's just, it's so weird and off-putting in a way that i haven't seen a lot like i'm gonna go with x-men um because it is something where like as i keep going back through it i don't like it's not good (laughs) but it is like there's something compelling about it and it, it it's just like i think there is something really uh interesting about where people start from, you know, like I think you have this, this, you build up this mythology of these creators who you've respected your whole life. And you, you kind of believe it's like, they just kind of came out of the gate being perfect geniuses. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there is something to the idea of it's like, I, we, we've talked about this before too, is like the, the the secret to success is the willingness to fail in public. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, like there's just something to like let's how often do you get to see like literally someone's very first comics work um, right right you know and and i think because i am such a big Barry Smith fan like i want to i want to follow the whole journey and this is giving me a chance to do that so yeah i'm i'm going to go with x-men uh, even though it's it's not a good issue uh, but it's an important issue so yeah all right that made me think start thinking about what is the worst Alan Moore story like yeah. or what's his first I'm now I'm really curious and I guess we're going to see that with a lot of creators as we keep moving through Marvel um so oh, interesting you know, yeah we'll see the skeletons in everyone's closet pretty yeah. much yeah yep John you, Burns you, dumbest story I was going to I was going to say it's like you get to see like John Burns first rough stuff and then you get to see his really good stuff and then you get to see the stuff where he was just being completely self-indulgent and he goes down the other side of the bell curve <laughs> right. so yeah <laughs> which some would argue is my beloved alpha flight but yes uh, yeah. yeah which uh my my friend Sandy referred to as awful flight Ooh. <laughs> uh, call the human torch for a burn like that yeah <laughs> Uh, well guys, uh, as always, this is a ton of fun. Um, uh, thanks for, for talking comics. Uh, and thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers for, uh, supporting us while we do this nonsense. Um, uh, we are very grateful for your support. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to keep making these things as long as you keep listening to them. So, uh, take care, stay safe, and, uh, we will see you next week for next month. 